You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get out of here. Way back, hooks up. There's the cycle. You can put it on the board. Yes! A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. He is hit for the cycle. All right, welcome back. The cycle. We have not recorded a podcast since SoxFest. We put a bunch in the can, so I hope you've been enjoying those episodes. I know we've been releasing them, um, you know, periodically. Intermittently. Intermittently. Yeah. I got Kevin Bozeman with me, and uh, we are excited about the 2017 season. Our first guest from the 2017 season mm-hmm. is Pat Tomasulo. Thank you. From WGN Morning News. Pat's a stand-up comedian. Pat does a lot. I know you guys know who he is. He's on the most popular morning show in Chicago. One of the most popular morning news show probably in the country. You're damn right. Oh, he's just coming out with damn yeah. right away. And you are you are what people don't know is you are huge we in the it. black internet market. For oh yeah, you, they, on they the love you. What was that? Uh, uh, you got so many hits from that. Yeah, he, Pat Thomasulo was doing sports radio and just busted into R. Kelly and yeah. <laughs> what was the um, the uh, the one I got all the hits on the? Uh it's like the YouTube site. Yeah, I, like What's World it? Star Hip World Star Yeah World Star Hip Hop. He yeah. was huge. Dude. He got. Hundreds of thousands of hits yeah. because I didn't he even know just this started. Yeah. Well, because you're white and you wouldn't yeah. really look. You at don't have any star. soul. <laughs> For those of you, and we should clarify, that you, Pat is saying this isn't televised. I am white. Yeah, I am black. Pat is white, and Pat is white, and <laughs> yeah. Pat both goes into an R. Kelly. He just snaps and just starts grinding. He all snaps. Grinding. All snaps. I I lip synced and. Grinded the desk. I yeah, believe. on on R. Kelly, and then everyone and every black person on World Star Hip Hop adopted him as their favorite white dude. I, well, before uh, we dive we in, drove, I was going to lead to this. Yeah, okay, go ahead. No, we drove up to Wisconsin to see my wife's family for Thanksgiving, and it was like a six-hour drive. And I swear to you, I spent three hours just reading the comments on World Star Hip Hop. Oh yeah, and <laughs> what were some of them? I don't remember, and me trying to repeat them wouldn't do it justice. (laughs) Or I don't know if I'm, I don't know what a lot of the terminology means, but it was hilarious. (laughs) And uh, it was the most awesome thing I uh, had ever read. Did they say you were off the chain? Yeah, I was invited to the barbecue. You were invited to the That's a thing. I'm invited to the barbecue. All right, so I was going to get drive towards this. Yeah. So let's keep going this let's direction. Let's do it. We'll hold off on talking about the White Sox and your, you as a sportscaster in sure. Chicago. You've had a few things that have gone viral. You had a couple of YouTube videos that blew up big time. Yeah. One being the, um, you know, talking to people, you're interviewing people, and you know, people are always at live shots yeah. trying to get in the camera shot. And then yeah, you, I hate uh, those people. How many hits did you end up getting on that? I don't know. A lot, a lot. Maybe a million. I don't know. I think so, right? Seven Over a million? Thousand. That's awesome. Yeah. What was the other viral one? You had another one that went viral. Uh, I don't uh, – that one, the R. Kelly one for the Olympics, and then uh, oh, Gucci Mane was another one. I was lip-syncing Gucci Mane. <laughs> Gucci Mane. Well, one of your rants recently. Oh, oh probably Kobe. That was one that got a lot. And uh, I don't know. I'm angry so often that it's hard for me to catalog is all there, the things I get upset way, about. Is there a way – do you have a page where everyone can just go and find – 
Where's the best way to yeah, find I probably should team? have one of those, but uh, <laughs> Where, I got a lot to do. I mean, I, uh, on my personal webpage, but I haven't updated that. Like You are true to your point of view. People. You're very true to your point of view, and, and, yeah. and, and that can be polarizing a little bit. I mean, yeah. I know you're loved in Chicago, but you get some – you hear from people that are ticked off about some of the things yeah. you say. Do you get some pleasure out of that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> especially like when they're really atrocious looking beasts and then I can make fun of them on there. So, you know, like if, you know, is that the secret of the success of WGN morning news? Because it is rare for a sh- TV morning news show to be as big as you guys are. Well, listen, I mean, like if you're on TV and you don't have a point of view, people are still going to hate you. You're going to yeah. hate you because of your hair or because you don't like your Wait, tie. Did you hear what he just basically said? He basically just said, look, if you are ugly, <laughs> I, I, I want no, to attack are, you. I want well, to Well, only because it's easier. Like I was saying easy. the other day, like it's, on social, it's always like the guy who's 58 years old posting pictures of his black lab on Facebook all day. That's yeah. the guy that is going right. to attack you. Right. Like, I, I, stop posting pictures of the Constitution and do something with your life. But you, you engage some of them, but some. You I must. don't engage much. Yeah. I don't. Like, the only time. Well, it's like, because you hear it so often. It's only like, it has to hit you on the right day, you yeah. know. And if I, like, see a person who's writing something to me and I go on there page just for the fun of it and you know they're a train wreck then yeah i'm gonna have a little fun with it yeah, yeah. but i don't normally you have a great team at wgn and you it's have the best great chemistry but you don't get a ton of help producing your pieces necessarily i know that you you have shooters you have some people yeah. that edit but you drive that right well yeah i mean because it's you know we i still work in a news station so it's not like i have news it's like i have comedy editors or comedy producers who i can give something to and say hey make this Funny because I mean, there's some guys who probably could, but they're not comedy people. They're news people. So it's for me to find the funny spots in the timing of a piece, I have to edit it myself. When did you decide to not be just a cookie cutter sportscaster and you know do the highlights and and tell the scores and dive into this you know like kind of like let your personality really shine through yeah. like being a sarcastic? I would you know yeah. I want to say asshole. You can say it's the internet. Say whatever you want. Yeah, you, I mean you are a jerk. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. When did you decide to do that? <laughs> when did you embrace that? Yeah. When did you start doing it on stage? When did, you, we, we, when did you start doing it? When did you start doing it in your podcast? <laughs> we, no, honestly, I'm kidding. But yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you decide, like, hey, I'm just gonna? Let you know it what fly. I think it was when I was my before I was in Chicago. I was in uh, Buffalo, and I was doing. Buffalo's a great town. You like Buffalo? I have a lot of buddies from Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, I like Buffalo. Yeah. Del, uh, Chippewa Street? You getting a, of course. Little, Chippewa, it's the only street. You get a little I wild, like you get a little wild on Elmwood street. Avenue? I like towns that have a lot of civic pride. Yeah. Buffalo people. Well, I would say like Buffalo is like a tinier, economically depressed Chicago. Sure, yeah. Right? I always called it the Milwaukee of New York. Yes. Yeah, that is all right. my thing. Dude, yeah, yeah. I always said that. Milwaukee and Buffalo are so similar. Yeah. yeah. So it was. I was in Buffalo, and I was doing like a Buffalo Bills locker room a couple of days a week. And it was just like, you know, every day you'd get there and be like, who'd want to talk to you today? And who's going to give you... You're just sticking a microphone in front of a guy's face. And I was yeah. like, I could, I could send anybody to do this. I mean, not that, you know, it's not... The day-to-day stuff was kind of... Right. It's not groundbreaking. How old were you yeah. when you started there? Because Buffalo's a good market to uh, cut your teeth. Right? You, you were in the Rhinelander about, before that? I was in Rhinelander before that. And then I was in... I got to Buffalo. I was 25, I think. Wow. And I was there for uh, three years. And I came here. I was 28. 
And then I, yeah, I think I started, I mean, our show is so, so uh, the model for is like, you can step in and do kind of however you want to do it. Like our show is yeah. so comedically driven. And then once I started getting away with some stuff and nobody, I didn't get in trouble for it. And then I just ramped it up. How'd you hear about the Chicago gig? And had, had you been to Chicago before? Yeah. Well, when I was in Wisconsin, we used to come up here when we wanted to see like down you know, people with teeth down here. Yeah. People with, people with teeth <laughs> and like, uh, you know, women my own age, you know? So we would come down a couple of times. Uh, but I had never, I'd spent a couple weekends here. Yeah. And what was your impression when you, when you moved here? Oh, I loved it. I mean, I loved Chicago before I even moved here. It was, it's a cleaner New York. I, I come from, you know, I grew up in New Jersey, so New York was our city out there. And this was the closest I'd ever seen anywhere. To, to, to New York. Home. Yeah, yeah. And it was clean and people were nice. And, and you studied broadcasting in school and it's something that you... Yeah. Because you're always into sports, I, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started in college as a... Uh, a business. This is like t- turning into a real interview. It's a little... This is, I mean, I know this some is of what things, we do. I know, I know, but I know some of the things I've talked to the two of you about in the back of a comedy this is 60 club. Sixty minutes, nope. man. and this is a whole different tone that's You're making me correct. a little bit uncomfortable. But I'm going to keep going with it. We're about to bring your parents also in know here. that there's yeah. no alcohol involved, and that changes. <laughs> yeah. When we're in a comedy club, there's alcohol involved. This time, it's we have water and coffee, so it's going to change our tone. What was it? What, what other part of my motivation were we getting into before I? Well, I think it's interesting because as you grow older, like you're you're a fanatic when you're younger, and yeah. you're, you're idealized sports to a sense yeah. and you just like idolize these guys and now you've probably met so many of the people that you grew up idolizing and as an adult you look at it differently sure right? yeah and you don't you don't retain nearly as much as an adult yeah. like i can still name like the starting lineup for almost every world series team from like 1984 to 2001 right right because sure. that's all, that's right. all right. you're doing in life is watching tv yeah. and being a kid mm-hmm. like you're you're an adult you have a job and you have a family and you have responsibilities like i can't remember you know I can't remember who won. Some I looked of the at years. the starting lineup for the Sox ten minutes ago, and I can't remember the order right now. Which is a good thing. <laughs> so it's like you know, when you're a kid, you're so fanatical. But it's yeah. I mean, I still enjoy it, but it's it's never the same as when you're a kid. And it's more business now. Oh, it's totally different. The, you know, I mean, the, the rules have changed so much, and the access has changed, and you know, and that's why you have to do. Like, you know, that's why, like, I try and do sports the way I do sports because we're all doing this has there stuff. has there been though one time where you had to interview somebody and you were kind of like oh man i get to meet this person has you ever time been have you ever been like stunned or like starstruck yeah starstruck uh i'm trying to think i like kevin was at a bar the other week and they were doing a captain morgan promotional event and captain yeah. morgan was there you met the captain and morgan kevin flipped the out. fill-in <laughs> captain morgan or the real the full-time captain morgan is that a real patch you missing an eye yeah. for real was he no. Yeah. That's got to be a letdown, then, huh? That'd be a letdown. Yeah. So, you should have right. taken one of them out. Made him a real <laughs> Captain Morgan. <laughs> Captain Morgan. His, real, his last name wasn't even Morgan. I don't know weird. that I was, like, ever... Uh, I don't know. It's been a while since I've... Been, not not really necessarily starstruck, but guys that, like, you're... Before you're interviewing them on live TV, you're, you're like... You're just a little nervous because you don't know how off the rails they're going to go. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, when you have Dennis Rodman on your show at 7.30 in the morning... You know he doesn't want to be there. You know he hasn't slept. <laughs> can you seven stop, can hours? Can you come by on your way home, Dennis? And you don't know, like you don't know what what the hell he's going to start talking about. So or how did that go? And the fact that he, he wasn't was, even scheduled and he just showed up. He just showed up, and we made eight minutes for him. I don't remember. It was so long ago. I think he was good. He was very subdued. Like he was very 
like pretty shy. Like I think he is a pretty introverted guy, yeah. and in that atmosphere, like I think he was pretty quiet. He was pretty. But there's got to be out of him. there's got to be some pieces that you do when you you leave the studio and you like call your parents and tell you, hey, I just interviewed. No, nah, the, they no? don't care that much. My father would rather know about the restaurant I ate at the <laughs> night before. You didn't place good lately. You've got good Italian places in Chicago. What do you? You've done. That's some- all we talk about is where he's eaten, yeah. his customer service conquests, and who died. That's all of our conversations. It's the same this customer service conquest. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. So you know, I'm talking AT and T, and they give me my bill, and I know it's eleven dollars more than it should be. And I'm trying to argue with her. She's telling me no. I said, let me speak to your supervisor. <laughs> I got my $11. That's every phone call. And then have. our generation is like, what is it worth? Is my time worth spending uh, an hour on the phone with AT&T? Like, I would pay $11 oh, to yeah. not do that. Yeah. Or like if he's gotten a good deal at a restaurant, like that's another one. That's yeah. 10 minutes of a phone call. <laughs> you go to the Chinese buffet. They got sushi. They got a grill. They got like 52 hot items. Nine ninety five. You can't beat it. Your upbringing, and you've said it because you've been out to uh, to my house on the south side and been yeah. doing shows, and that those communities. The only you said it is very the similar. It's yeah. exactly the same to where I grew up. Exactly. I mean, the neighborhoods are the same, the districts are the same, the way people act, the way people talk. It's exactly the same. So moving to Chicago. Is, that was probably pretty easy because you came up from... Yeah, well, I mean, I moved to Boys Town first, yeah. so it wasn't exactly the same as where I grew up. But what? yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> what were your... You know, I mean, it was a little different. You have to figure out who you are as a person. Yeah. What were some of the teams that you enjoyed covering? Let's talk about just covering the White Sox. You came here in what year? Oh five. I came here in July of oh five. I was telling somebody today when I was driving in, it's like... Uh, like it feels kind of like it's October weather, right? Like that those cold mornings, and it gets like into the fifties sure. this time of year. Like I remember that first. You know, I was here two months when they went on that run, and it was huge. Obviously, we traveled every round of the playoffs, and we were here three times a week in the morning. And that's kind of like every time I come in for an opener or for like a, you get that you get same that feeling, feeling. Yeah. yeah. And then you go into the same remote that you've done twelve times, and that feeling washes away quickly. But for like a good minute and a half driving in, I yeah. had that feeling. <laughs> but coming into one of the biggest markets, you're young. Of and course. You're, you're spoiled, like World Series. Oh, yeah. Gate. So I had, I think, so I was here the first year, 05 was uh, the World Series. And then Bears got good. Yeah. Went to the Super, Super, Bowl, Super Bowl. And then the Hawks got good. And then Did the you Cubs. go to Miami? I did, yeah. Well, back up from it. Did you go to Houston for the? Oh yeah, you traveled. Yeah, you were there. On yeah. the um, Houston's terrible, by the way. It's not great. Yeah, oh, it's spent awful some time there. <laughs> it's like oh, it's just malls. That's all there is. Strip malls everywhere. What was what was your experience the night they they won the World Series? The night they won, I'm trying to remember. I was in the, uh, I was in the locker room, and I think Neil Cotts shot me in the eye with a champagne cork. No, <laughs> it was it was somebody. I got blasted in the face with a champagne. Cliff Pleat. It was no, it was no, it was it was Cots. It was Cots. Yeah, uh, it was it was great. I mean, it was you know, it was Did awesome. You find yourself like seeping into like more the party mode than no. I mode? think it was more of those like I can't believe I've been here three months. I've already seen yeah, like this kind of history made. It's not you know, it's not like the Yankees winning World Series or the Cardinals winning. You know, it was a momentous thing, but it was a lot of pressure too because it takes you a while when you move to a new market. Because not just knowing statistics and players, it's you know it's knowing nuances, it's knowing 
yeah. quirks. It's knowing the fans. So, like, to be thrown into that kind of... Even who to interview who, or who to try to get to right, interview. Right, that too. You know, it's just you get thrown into that right away. Like, it, it was a lot of... It's just we're in the boardroom and this is an intercom. Oh. This is a functioning oh, world. Some real work happens in here. This, um, <laughs> this is a major league organization. So, yeah, it was, it was crazy, but it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Now, when you... Um, you go from that to like you mentioned the um, the Bears, but then the Blackhawks went on that run, and you did some funny stuff with the Blackhawks too. One of my favorite things is when you had the uh, you're walking around with the case with the white gloves, yeah, in the Boston Stanley Cup case, and saying you had the Stanley Cup there, and you kept, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did we, the first time we did that was in Philly, which was fantastic. Oh, we yeah. just got an empty camera case, uh-huh. and we slapped NHL logos all over it. And my producer and I dressed up in black suits with white gloves and sunglasses <laughs> and just carried the case around town and people were taking pictures with it thinking it was the Stanley Cup. Oh, man. And we would drop it and we would kick it and we'd be yelling <laughs> at each other. Um, that was so fun, too, because when they first, you know, before McDonough and those guys took over in Rocky Wirtz, like, yeah, I mean, obviously everybody knows how bad they were and how, you know, the games were on TV. And, but when they took over, like, the media access was so great. So it was like I would come up with all of these ridiculous – and GN got a couple of games that first year, just a couple. The first year we've gotten more since. But it was like uh, any cockamamie ridiculous idea I threw at them. They were like, yeah, yeah, that's good. We'll do that. Really? Yeah. And, like, they give you, like, Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook yeah. and Patrick. Like, big-name guys. Like, right. it wasn't – it wasn't like fourth line guys or, right. you know, guys that were. And uh, that was fun because they were so, you know, and they still are fantastic with the media, as are the Sox. I will throw that out there. That's not just a company. Yeah, the White Sox are great about, They're like, the best. They, they have in mind, too, though, that it, it matters. Like, you of have course to connect does. with the community. Yeah, but, like, I mean, it was like, and you have to cultivate that relationship with the media. And at the time, the Blackhawks didn't really have. Yeah. So it was like they and they, they didn't still have much do. relationship with the city. Yeah, they still do bend over backwards for you. But back then, it was so easy to get everybody to say yes yeah. to everything, you know. So True. that was so fun, and to get them so good so fast <laughs> while you still had that window of, you know, what? them saying yes to everything. So now that the the White Sox is pretty much admitted that they're looking to rebuild, what's going to yeah. be your angle now when you're when you're talking about the White Sox? Like, what are you looking for? Have you figured that out yet? Well, I mean, it changes on a day. I never am the kind of guy like I don't. Uh, you know, I I go in on a lot of people, but I don't go in on, like, the way guys perform. Like, I would never uh, – I'm always fair. I think, like, if, if the guy has a bad night, I'll say he has a bad night. And I'll never say, like, a guy sucks or a guy's yeah. not good. or he's, right. it's, I'll never – I'll just say, like, oh, they had a crap game or he was a disaster last night. But, I, you know, it's, it's exciting because, you know, the whole thing like – I was telling somebody today, like, you know, looking through, like, the starting lineup, you have five guys making their – opening day debuts and there's still that party it's like all right well if this guy you know i mean tim anderson could have a good year you know yeah Quintana, you know and this guy hits like you're rationalizing in your head there aren't well, yeah, a ton. Abreu, like if a comes out he's just right i mean he had a great start yeah he had year. a good end to the season so yeah. it's like you're looking for all these guys like all right you know and if this guy he might be all right you know they could do you know and may could be all right in center field and so there's not like nobody's expecting them to go out and win the pennant so yeah. It's not like it's been stated that they're expecting it to be a well, rebuild. It could so the risk trick you into it could trick you into not wanting to make moves too if they do take some teams by surprise and say they're hovering around, you know, if they're over five hundred right. towards. You know, then you're like, well, do we hold on to these guys? I don't. know. Well, that's a problem you want to have. Maybe some guys you hold on to. I mean, yeah. Quintana's contract is such that 
so friendly. it's pretty team friendly. Yeah, I mean, maybe Frazier you don't, but exactly. if you know, I think yeah, that's it's a tough decision. But if that's a decision you find yourself in in, who was in the, June, who was the baseball team you grew up liking? We're gonna get into that. Yeah, why? I don't want. To, I'm gonna get killed. Why not? I'm gonna get killed. Yes, I am. The Mets. No, I don't go for the Mets. Are you crazy? Yankees? Yeah. yeah, I was a Yankee fan growing up. Oh, you were? Uh, You're going to get killed. See? <laughs> what are you making me do this? Murder you. Oh, my God. No, that's all right. What the hell are you doing to me? It's all right, my man. It's easy it's to be right. a Yankee fan out where you grew up, you know? We always like to, when we have guests on, we like to know who, who they like. Yeah. Who were their, their favorite players? You're probably like a Mattingly guy? Yeah, I loved Mattingly. Okay, relax, yeah. Pat. Mattingly. Man. <laughs> what do you think of the new park? The, the Yankee one, Stadium? Yeah. I've never been in it. I refuse to go in it. boy. Are you serious? Yeah. They didn't need a new baseball stadium. Whoa, it was you fine. Were getting fired up. That's stupid. Well, more money. it's they historic. Need the extra, it's hard to... I just don't... They didn't need the extra revenue for luxury suites. Yeah. They didn't need the extra revenue. They had their own network at the I think time. They, I think they did it strictly to... This is my theory. They built it like that strictly to market Alex Rodriguez in hopes that he would break the home run record as a Yankee. So they made I'm smaller. sure that was a part of it, but now it's like it costs you $90 to sit in the upper deck there. It's ridiculous. But they got fresh fruit, and the, they got better well, food, there you right? Do they have fresh fruit? They do. They got different. Have you got been there? Food I than... went to Yankee Stadium to watch Guaranteed. the White Sox play the Yankees. Well, I bet the stadium was half full. Because people don't show up for the games now. Because it's all corporate people and nobody's no... Real fans. Yeah, there's no passion there. Yeah, I get that. You know? I get that. I accept that as an answer from you. It yeah. sounds real. I don't want to sit with a bunch of rich guys. <laughs> all right, we're going to start to wrap up here with... Uh, with That's it? We're done? Julep. No, well, I want to talk one more thing about... Because there's so many facets Let's get deeper. Um, stand-up comedy. Let's do... Uh, stand-up comedy. Yeah. You are and have become a, a really great stand-up comedian. Thank you. Uh, you've worked all over, you know, we went on a road together once, Pat and I. We did. You've taken over the city. You get up all the time. And it's hard with your schedule because you're working nights. Talk yeah. about uh, why you got into stand-up and what you're enjoying about it. And then I also want to talk about your event. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think I got into stand-up for the same reason a lot of guys do. It's just an emotional void that was probably created during my childhood where I was <laughs> seeking approval. And, uh, That's fair. Right? It's a fair and, uh I needed I, I needed <laughs> I needed the uh, approval of others basically to yeah. validate myself. But uh also cuz it's fun, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh no, I always wanted to do it. I always thought like uh like an idiot. I always thought like, oh, I could probably do that. It seems kind of easy. Do you ever it's get crap easy. from journalists or media people are they curious about it? They're like, "What are you doing?" Like, what do they understand? No, it? it's actually the opposite. Like, I think most people are intrigued and yeah. want to see it. That's been very good, and I hate to even bring it up because I haven't had many, uh, I haven't had really any instances of people being like, you know, complaining to the station or complaining to, uh, you know, because you yeah. know how in comedy now, if you say, you're going to, anything you say now in a crowd, you're going to offend 10 people, right. right? I mean, it's like even even if you're crushing, there's at least five people in there yep. who are going to be offended oh, yeah. and who are going to, you know, but, but you're no uh, stranger to offending people. That's yeah, your, yeah. That's your I, thing. I think I think that's I think that helps me in comedy. Is that they're like, well, but, I've heard him say worse. But that's great though that you know they see you as this news guy, like, and they're like, oh, now he's gonna try to do stand up, and you're like, oh, oh, oh no, I'm actually a stand-up. yeah. Like, it's still like like that's still and that drives me nuts because as much as I get up. You know, like I've been doing this seven years, and there's still people who have no idea yeah, that right. I do it. Like I didn't know you did. Sure. You're going to talk about sports the whole time on the stage? Is that what you're going to? It's you funny know. going. And I get it. I get it. But it's like when you're, you know, when you're in clubs three nights a week and you're, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
you were talking about, uh, you know, I know you guys are so well recognized in Chicago, but even the reach of WGN, you, you've gone, you, you get recognized like out of town. You go places. Yeah. People just yeah. I mean, I because this show is, I mean, so many people who are either uh, from Chicago and who, and who have moved or like if we're on vacation, we've, we've like, we were in Italy and there were people yelling out WGN are you in, oh, that's in Florence. Really? I mean, it didn't help that I was wearing a shirt that said Tomasulo on the back. That exactly. <laughs> it was like it was like seven in the morning. I was going out for coffee, bedhead, right? And there's like a tour group. You get that look, like when they walk by, like of recognition. What shirt do you have that has your name on it? I, the Chicago Fire gave me a jersey. I wore it to bed. I woke up from bed and then I went right across the street That's past the tour group. Know, wear you a soccer jersey in, in the Chicago Fire, Pat Thomas. Oh, it's jersey. so comfortable. Wow. Is that that lycra? Oh, oh it's like wow. a second skin. <laughs> and I look good in it too. Got like the little whatever muscles I have left are kind of showing through yeah. the lycra. Yeah, it's nice. The stand up, uh, your schedule, working mornings. I mean, you are constantly. Yeah, busy dude. But yeah. you also have so much. You wonder going why on I'm at, so angry. So all much the going time. on at home with your wife, who yeah. has a, a constant battle on her hands with. Uh, wow! Did you hear that segue? Tri- trigeminal neuralgia, neuralgia. and uh, we're doing an event on the sixth. No, because yeah. I we've connected on this before. Yeah, of you know, it's it's real real life stuff, and, it, yeah. and it's hard. Um, talk about that. Talk about your event, and talk about how you are trying to help people. S- yeah, not so just your wife. she uh, she has a disease called trigeminal neuralgia, which is a it's a disease that attacks the trigeminal nerve in your face, which controls all the sensation on one side of your face. And it's uh, medically it's classified as one of the worst pains known to mankind. It's uh, if anybody's had nerve pain of any kind, it's it's pretty brutal. Well, this is on a scale that uh, is pretty indescribable. It's, uh, you know, electric shock-like, stabbing, um, you know, knock you to your knees, uh, pain that she gets every day. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a debilitating thing. It's a disabling thing. She doesn't work. You know, most people who have it, uh, to her level can't. Um, and, uh, there's, you know, there's not a ton of treatment options for it. The medications are brutal. The surgeries are brutal. So we do, uh, we're part of a foundation that raises money to fund our own research projects. Um, we got projects that we're funding all over the world. And the biggest fundraiser we do is the comedy show here in Chicago, Laugh Your Face Off, which we've done. This is our third year now. Um, and depending when this airs, uh, it's Thursday, April 6th. It's sold out, but we have a silent auction that we're doing online at laughyourfaceoff.org, which the White Sox were generous enough to donate a 20-person luxury suite. Yeah, they're great about that. And Frank Thomas agreed to watch a few innings with the winners. Oh, yeah? So if you're interested in that, and there's another baseball team that donated some stuff too, but when they invite me on their podcast, (laughs) I will talk about it. Uh, and the Blackhawks <laughs> gave us a, like a meet and greet with players and like just a crazy package. We got 10th row tickets to Hamilton. We got like, some uh, golf outing with a helicopter ride to and from the course. We've got like every, every one of our prizes is just bananas. Uh, behind the scenes with the WGN Morning News and lunch with me, Larry, Robin, and Paul. Um, so anybody can bid on it. You don't have to be at the event. And, uh, and then depending on how funny we are, uh, we're going to have a one-hour TV special 
at the end of April on the 23rd on WGN at 8 o'clock. Oh, I didn't realize they were flipping it that quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. We mean who's there. Talking? I'm flipping it that quick. Tell yeah. them. Like I have a team. Tell them who's the lineup on that. Oh, uh, it's me. It's Pat McGann. Yeah. It's Mike Toomey from Mike the Toomey. WGN uh, Morning News. It's uh, Leon Rogers from WGCI. Uh, Megan Gailey. GCI 107.5 going live. And Conan. That's Chance. And Dwayne Kennedy. Who's been on everything. Who's been on everything and is Yeah, yeah. That's a good line. That'll be fun. You did it last year and yeah, crushed. Fun. It was fun. Talked about your teenage son and all of his ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you go to laughyourfaceoff.org at any time. Yeah. Anytime. The, yeah. the uh, auction ends Thursday at around 8.15. So sign up now, and that way you can get updates. Because your wife, Amy, is just she's she's beautiful incredible. and just the kindest person, and I just hate that yeah. she has to go through that and live with you. Yeah. It doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> no. No. No, so yeah, I'm, I love that you're doing that, and uh, I love that you're doing that Pat, with me. We appreciate you, you, you as I mentioned, you're a busy man, so we appreciate you sitting down with us. Yeah. And, uh, what time is it? Um, right plug your time. Twitter. Pat's a great follow on Twitter. He's got a ton of followers. He's at Pat Tomasulo. That's it. At Pat. Are you guys going to keep going after this? And, and you uh, get rid of me, and then it out, stops. Or check him out over? on WGN. You got some technical stuff. You know how. Right. That's I like. can do like another three minutes. Is you know how that's like. If you know. That's all right. That's all right. You're done with me. I think we're good. That's fine. We're bringing in Rich King. That's fine. <laughs> oh, you guys know Dan Jim Ross, Rowan. the uh, wrestling announcer? Yeah. We just booked him for the show next month. Oh, you did? I love Jim Ross. Yeah, you, so, yeah. that was another thing you had Remember that kind of went viral. Uh, your Hogan thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember with Mick Foley and, and was it was it under? Good God Almighty. <laughs> Good God Almighty. As God is my witness, he is broken in half. I love that guy. That's best. our wrestling fan oh. base. All right, Pat Tomasulo, thank you for joining us on The Cycle. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.